Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Kyle Rittenhouse. Closing arguments next week. Potential unrest following a verdict. A federal appeals court locked Trump's documents related to the January 6th insurrection. This is going to be a landmark case. Policy that's driving the price of gasoline up. Cost us more to heat our homes. Surge in COVID-19 cases. Could exceed the peak we saw in December of 2020. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Friday. Lots to talk about. Breaking news, former advisor to Trump, Steve Bannon, has been indicted on contempt of Congress charges. A federal grand jury charged Bannon with two counts of contempt of Congress, according to the Department of Justice. A press released uh, released less than an hour ago. Bannon was hit with the charges for failing to appear for a deposition in front of the House Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attacks. Attorney General Merrick Garland said earlier today, charges reflect the DOJ's, are you ready for this? <laughs> the DOJ's steadfast commitment to showing the American people they follow the rule of law. <laughs> that is rich. Oh, that is rich. That's right. We'll, we'll make sure you follow the rule of law if we happen to agree with uh, whoever it will affect. I mean, it was just this past September, Lloyd Austin refused to attend a congressional hearing on the totally botched withdrawal of Afghanistan. Remember that? He wouldn't he didn't show up. Now he finally showed up a couple of weeks later, but he ignored it. Where was Merrick Garland then? Garland said, since my first day in office, I have promised the Justice Department employees that together we would show the American people by word and deed that the department adheres to the rule of law, follows the facts of the law, and pursues equal justice under the law. Ha! <laughs> what a joke. Today's charges reflect the department's steadfast commitment to these principles. Uh, what's interesting, too, though, is Mark Meadows has also said, uh-uh, I ain't showing up. Former Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows has failed to show up for a Friday deposition with the House committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Meadows was not seen entering the Capitol earlier today. His attorneys had indicated he would not appear. The committee did not immediately respond to request for the uh, comment from the Hill. The time specified by the committee was 10 o'clock today. Uh, that would be this morning. The committee also, uh, the committee has also not tweeted Meadows' failure to appear. The committee website does not contain any statements. The latest tweet from the official account was from Thursday night, and is a copy of the letter that the uh, chairman, uh, Thompson, had sent out to Me uh, Meadows' attorney. As Thompson had warned in his letter, it's possible that Meadows would face contempt of Congress charges for his failure to appear. A letter last month from Trump's attorneys told advisors and others subpoenaed not to comply, citing executive and other privileges. When it comes to the matter of executive privilege, though, there's a word of caution when it gets to the Biden administration getting too excited about the limits imposed on the previous president. 
Uh, you know, this is this is really really true. Uh, you know, they're going after Donald Trump big time and Trump's saying, well, we've got executive privilege and the Biden administration is saying, no, you don't. Uh, listen, the Biden administration has tenfold the numbers of skeletons in their closet than Donald Trump has in his. Do you? And, and look, it is. I would be shocked if we have a fair election a year from now, I would be shocked if the Republicans did not control, by a large majority, the House and the Senate. Uh, the, Joe, now, Joe Biden might not be around, so it might not matter. I mean, the guy's getting old and uh, obviously losing uh, bodily function, so maybe he won't be around a year from now. But um, anyway, Steve Bannon has been charged. Mark Meadows has said, stick it. We'll see where it goes. I think somewhere else in these articles it said that uh, there was someone questioning whether or not the committee even had these the, the authority to do what they're doing. And again, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi, this is supposed to be a, a committee representative of Congress looking into it. But uh, Kevin McCarthy puts forward the names of Banks and Jim Jordan and Nancy Pelosi says, no, they can't be on the committee. Carolina Journal is reporting that Madison Cawthorn, who is currently in the 14th, well, what would be the 14th district uh, in, the, in the new map, uh, is saying that he will now announce today that I'm going to run in the 13th congressional district this next go-round, a year from now which was the district. Now, I'm sorry, he is currently in the 11th district. He is now going to run in the 13th district. And uh, this was the district that many people thought Tim Moore would run in. Now, whether or not Tim Moore, uh, who came out last night, um, saying that uh, with there's been much speculation about my potential congressional candidacy, uh, this has been driven by the media and political pundits. I've been humbled by the folks in our region who expressed their wishes for me to represent them in Washington. While I have given it consideration right now, I am focused on issues at hand that impact all North Carolinians. And he is going to stay put in the House, the North Carolina House, and he will continue. In fact, he will have been, uh, assuming he gets reelected, I don't know why he wouldn't, and uh, he continues as the House. He will be the the longest uh, House Speaker, Republican House Speaker in North Carolina history. The the longest Republican House Speaker in North Carolina history. I think there's been others in from the Democratic Party that have been there longer. But so anyway, Tim Moore was going to stay in the uh, North Carolina House, remain a Speaker again, assuming he wins election re-election, which I think he will. Uh, Madison Cawthorn is going to go from the 11th district over to the 13th district. Was that the reason why Tim Moore didn't run? I don't know. But uh, that has been uh, pretty much settled now. And uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, who was the, uh, there was a woman. Well, you know, the other interesting thing about this is a lot of people were speculating that uh, House Majority Leader John Bell was thinking that Tim Moore would run for Congress and uh, he would be the next speaker, or he at least would run for the speaker. And uh, 
That's probably not going to happen either. Um, the I'm looking for the uh, name of the uh, woman who is going to run in. Oh, Karen Bentley, former Mecklenburg County Commissioner Karen Bentley, is also planning to run for Congress in North Carolina's new 13th district. So there will be a primary there. Karen Bentley and uh, Madison Cawthorn. We'll see there that goes. Yeah, you know, I'm glad Madison is a conservative. Uh, I don't know that I'm a big Madison Cawthorn hand fan. He he sometimes just has a little bit of an attitude of he's he's too big for his britches. I, I I'm he hasn't he hasn't done anything that I I can really uh, fight him on. And I guess I, I should probably just keep my mouth shut, right? He's a conservative. He's going in the right direction. Uh, News and Observer Observer is reporting a federal judge ordered late Wednesday that the brother-in-law of Richard Burr submit to an investigative interview with the Security and uh, Exchange Commission regarding an inquiry about whether the senator and his family might have been involved in insider trading. And uh, Richard Burr, of course, has said, no, I just, you know, I I listen to Jim Cramer like everybody else does on CNBC. That's why I dumped a million dollars worth of stock uh, overnight because he told me about how bad uh, the COVID situation would be. Mm -hmm. Wednesday's hearing was in response to court filings from October the 22nd accusing Gerald Foth of failing to comply with a subpoena served on May the 26th. The subpoena had ordered Foth to provide three hours of investigative testimony on June the 17th. The commission's court's filings said that false attorneys have not cooperated with the subpoena, citing health issues that make it difficult for Foth to sit for long periods of time. Really? So you can't sit down for a discussion for three hours? Uh, I think they would let you get up and stretch your legs, you know, once every half hour or so. (laughs) this, This is the best excuse you can come up with. Uh, the filings add that Foth and his wife Mary are also being investigated about whether they sold stocks because of information Burr provided them that was not publicly available. Both actions would violate the Stock Act. Burr has denied wrongdoing. Foth and Burr are related to each other through Burr's wife and Foth's sister, Brooke. U.S. District Attorney Andrew Carter held a hearing by telephone Wednesday afternoon. In addition to ordering that Foth comply, he also ordered a joint status report be filed on November the 16th. Uh, again, we'll see where that goes. I, I You know, I think um, Senator Burr has uh, sort of backed himself into a corner there. Really? I mean, do you, do you, him saying, well, I heard, I mean, he's got all this inside information. He's on the Intelligence Committee, and uh, he sold, sold a stock because uh, of what Jim, Jim, Jim Cramer said. Uh, I, I, you know, now whether or not I, I, I heard Henry say the other day, what do you do when you find out this information? I guess this is why you've got to put your, your stuff in a blind trust that you can't control, which they all should. But, um, what do you do when you find out, Hey, the, the stock market's going to tank and I've got all my stuff invested in the stock market and I know it's going to tank cause I got inside information. Do you uh, take a chance and sell it? and uh, end up going to jail. Again, others have gone to jail for this kind of crime. The uh, Republican, I think he was from New York or Connecticut, 
who uh, sold stock in a pharmaceutical company, told his son to sell his stock because they had found out with inside information that uh, the drug sto- the the drug company's new drug did not make it past some hurdle with the FDA, and uh, he ended up selling. He ended up going to jail too. Saki, Jen Saki, she's back after her uh, bout with COVID. Apparently healthy. Looks I'll like she- circle back on that one. Hey, Jen looked like she lost a little weight, by the way. Uh, the COVID must have uh, been a uh, nasty way to go on a diet. But anyway, she was back at the White House speaking to reporters. This is cut one, Clark. Speaking to reporters at the White House this afternoon, Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked what Cousin Eddie, Joe Biden, is doing to alleviate painfully high oil and gas prices. In her answer, Psaki said the administration is using this opportunity to move the country away from oil and gas to alternative energy sources. Just to be clear, I know that's been a criticism, so that's why I said that, not an accurate one. Look, our view is that the rise in gas prices over the long term makes an even stronger case for doubling down our investment and our focus on clean energy options so that we are not relying on uh, the fluctuations and OPEC and their willingness to put more supply and meet the demand in the market. You know, it's interesting. Under Donald Trump, we have become energy independent to the point that we are actually exporting. We're exporting natural gas. Independent from the OPEC nations under Donald Trump. And think about this. The only fluctuation we saw under Donald Trump was the cost of energy going down month after month after month. Now, Saki is trying to make you think that the Biden administration is pushing alternative energy, non-fossil fuels, so that we won't be trapped by the high price of fossil fuels. But that's an out-and-out lie. She is bad. She's done. I mean, Democrats are good at uh, twisting the truth to make you think one thing when they're trying to propose something else. The truth is, they want to drive up the price of fossil fuels higher and higher and higher in hopes that we won't have any choice but to finally cave in and accept the unreliable wind and solar power and other alternative energy sources. In the meantime, they've got all kinds of investments in things like solar panels. As we told you yesterday, John Kerry, over their million-dollar investment in a Chinese company, that uses slave labor to build solar panels. And by the way, John Kerry is now pushing is now pushing to change the US laws that forbid the import of any goods and materials that is that uses slave labor to build. He wants to change that. Now, he's going to tell you it's all about climate. Oh, I just want to, you know, we got to have a clean climate. That's, you know, I'm just so worried about the climate. Uh, Yeah, he's worried about the climate. He's worried about his own portfolio. Speaking of uh, the climate, as the United Nations, this is out of the New York Times, by the way, the liberal New York Times, as the United Nations climate in Glasgow, Scotland, the summit draws to an end after weeks of talk of saving the planet, saving the planet. Oh, they're going to save us. 
Thank you. What would we do without you? Fundamentally transforming the resources nations are allowed to use to generate power. And do you really think, I mean, in all honesty, come on, do you think that China and Russia and for that matter, India? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to they're, they're not going to use fossil fuels anymore. Um, according to The New York Times, a report shows that the climate summit's own carbon footprint will be substantially higher than it was two years ago. As it turns out, according to the British government, the 2021 U.N. Climate Summit is expected to be double of that of the previous conference in 2019 to the tune of about 102,500 tons of carbon dioxide. This is their view of progress. The report notes the international aviation is the largest contributor to the baseline at more than 60%, with additional emissions being created by the accommodations for delegates, policing, and security at the event, the power for the venue where the leaders declared their commitment to less CO2, <laughs> local travel for personnel and delegates during the summit. It did, um, Biden had a caravan of 80, something like 85 cars over there at this summit. As the New York Times points out in this report, the environmental impact of the summit did not go unnoticed, even amongst those in attendance. Vanessa Nackett, a climate activist from Uganda, yesterday called out business leaders and investors saying they had not taken immediate action, but instead were flying into the summit on private jets and making fancy speeches. She's right. But uh, that's par for the course for liberals. I mean, liberals rarely actually accomplish much. They don't. What do they accomplish? What do they actually produce? What do they, what do they come up with? I mean, they're, they're parasites. They suck the blood out of the system. That's the only way they can survive. They don't create anything. I mean, they talk about creating jobs. They don't create jobs. They tax other people and make up these pretend jobs of bureaucrats. They bloviate. They don't accomplish anything. They bloviate as they mandate that everybody else must follow their rules while they give themselves an exemption from following the rules. And that's basically what they've done. They're telling the rest of the world to reduce the CO2 while their carbon footprint for this ridiculous summit, this joke of a summit, nothing is going to come out of this thing except you're going to get your hiney taxed. Representative Earl Blumenauer, I think he's from Oregon. Yeah, he's from Portland, Oregon. He was over at the conference. He's a big lib. Um, they had a Q&A last day of the conference. Uh, this, <laughs> again, maybe he has the same issues that Joe Biden has. Maybe he's an out-and-out -out liar. But this is what he said at the summit to Congressman Blumenauer of Oregon and the Ways and Means Committee. Thank you, Chair Castro. We are in a race against time. I came here uh, buoyed by the experience I had with Speaker Pelosi in the first uh, select committee. Uh, it took on new urgency for me this year with the horrific events. There was one day this summer in Portland where temperatures in the heart of my district hit one 180 degrees. People died. 
I guess they did. <laughs> like, is there oh, anybody? Man. Now, are you talking because of the riots it got to 180 degrees? Is that what, why it got to 180 degrees? 180 degrees? I guess you did die. By the way, the hottest temperature ever recorded on planet Earth um, was in 1913 in Death Valley, California, 134 degrees. Up to, up, up to last summer. Because last summer in Portland, it got up to 180 degrees. I mean, look, I mean, this, this guy said it. I mean, my goodness, he's a, he's a liberal from Oregon. We can't, we can't uh, question anything. He says, hey, we got to take a time out. Love to hear from you on this Friday afternoon. 561-8255. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You pushed back on them. And you found them then. I welcome the voices then Anarchy, destruction Those words that are inciting them to violence Are notably silent now Anti-American, they're anti-Israel, they're anti-Semitic Join the conversation They're all liars, they're all hypocrites They're only tolerant of those who agree with their views This is why we listen to you Eastern Carolina's source for news is News and Views on Talk 96.3 at 103.7 all right, welcome to the weekend. It is Friday, November the 12th, 13 days to Thanksgiving, 43 days till Christmas. Hard to believe. Take a look at your weather forecast for the weekend. Tonight, mostly clear, a low around 46. Saturday, sunny, a high near 69. Saturday night, clear, a low around 35. So uh, we're going to have some frost probably in the next week or so. Have you noticed the cornfields? You know, they harvest the corn, what? A month ago, probably at least, maybe more than that, the corn's starting to grow back because we haven't had a frost yet. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I don't think we'll get any uh, corn on the cob out of it. But uh, anyway, Sunday is going to be sunny, a high near fifty nine, so it starts to cool down. And uh, next week, your high on Monday will only be a high of fifty seven. So uh, did you hear what uh, Ron DeSantis has said he's going to do? Ron DeSantis, apparently over the summer, and with he hadn't had no knowledge of this. Can you imagine the Biden administration? And and look, there there was a reason why they sent them to Florida. I mean, you know, and I don't have to connect the dots for you. They sent 70 plane loads of illegal immigrants into Florida. Ron DeSantis has said that, and I think he's serious. The state of Florida is going to round them up, put them in buses, and take them up to Delaware. (laughs) I love it. Put them right on the cul-de-sac where Joe Biden lives. Tell them that, uh, yeah, say, this is your new housing. (laughs) 561-8255. Sutton is on the line. Hey, Sutton, good to hear from you. Hey, my man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Hope you are. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Just riding on here, listening up to the show and everything. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm not the Obama administration. Didn't that gas get up right high when they start to buying all those solar panels and 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 buying all them companies to do those panels and those do could bankrupt out a lot of them oh, yeah. up with government oh, yeah. money and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of see the same twins going on. People gonna get tired of this high gas prices, and you know. This little thing they're trying to push to just uh, run gas up so high that people fall out with uh, uh, fossil fuels and engine burn, you know, gas burning engines and stuff. It ain't gonna work for them. It's too 
it's just too much and too much to lose and just it can't hold out. It's not gonna hold out. I but, think it's gonna play a turn on us. But yeah, I mean, it, it, if if we had to depend totally upon wind and solar right now, we would freeze our fannies off this winter because it it doesn't work. It is, it, and it's a small percentage of the energy consumption, but uh, yet they continue to, to push it. Yeah, what was the name? Uh, the name of the uh, uh, company that Obama gave like four hundred million to one of his buddies, and they Solorinda uh, yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. And it went yeah, it went oh, bankrupt. bankrupt. Although you know, Obama's uh, buddies got their windfall out of it. Well, he got he got his share out of it. Oh he yeah, got his share out of it. he didn't make no deal like that. I'm making something. But you remember, you think Texas? What happened in Texas with that cold last year and those That's wind right. turbines and things freezing up and stuff, and people died of cold. That's you right. You would think something like that will open their eyes up. But you know, I learned one thing about the Democrat, the Democrat Party, and their platform is lie, 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 lie. Yeah, well. And it leads me to lie right with them. They'll just cover up for them. Absolutely. I mean, they're lying right right alongside them. Sutton, thank you. Good to hear from you. Have a great weekend. 561-8255. Wade's on the line. Hey, Wade. Hey, good evening. How are you guys tonight? Doing great. Good to hear from you. Um, Been listening to you guys for quite a while, and I wanted to make a a comment about the COVID vaccine advertisements, but on the comment from the guy from Oregon with 180 degrees, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, so he must have added the temperature of three days at 60 together to get that. <laughs> well, that or that or it was in the middle of the riots, and he didn't uh, realize the thermometer was going up because the city was burning down. Or he was in a burning building, maybe. Yeah, so, perhaps, anyway. perhaps. You can't make it so, up. There's been some ads for quite a while on several stations, including y'all's, and I get this. My spot in C, you know, where they're spouting these things about, well, you know, the, the cases are rising, the vaccine is proven safe and effective, yada, yada. Well, now they're applying that to kids. Oh, yeah. And yeah. They're, saying, they're saying that it's as safe as the vaccines that your children have been taking, you know, for years. And I'm thinking, really? How did they know that? You know, they, they, there's they, absolutely no they, proof well, of that. And, and by the way, some of those ads that you hear are coming down off the network, which... Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, but... Uh, and I, I personally have no control over it, but uh, listen, there's a, there's an article out today. In fact, so, so not only would you not really have any history on, on the vaccines for kids and we really, you know, you don't know any long-term effects are, I mean, and, and there, there was a, a piece of audio that we had on earlier this week, uh, where, uh, one of the gurus said, well, we've got to keep, uh, jabbing the kids so we can find out how it affects them. I mean, basically, they're saying that let's use the kids for guinea pigs. But up in Loudoun, well, up in Loudon, Virginia, just this week, they quote accidentally gave adult doses to 112 kids at one pharmacy, and and there and, well, the, and the pharmacy says we're sorry for the inconvenience. Well, as you said, you know, there's no, there's not enough history. It's like basically a year. And, and not even including the kids. And well, it's not even. It's, it's been not even months for the it. kids. Yeah, I mean, what the, the right. children have just started it, and and look, there is a different response from the kids than there are from the adults. You know, young, the young well, boys and, are having this these heart issues from the vaccine much more than other other demographics. And a, another key point that I think is important is in 2020, 
almost 40,000 children died of various things. Since the start of the pandemic, about 130 children have died. Yeah. So they're not even impacted. Right. I mean, it's, it's, so I mean, what's the risk? Well, the good news is I have heard in recent days an outfit called Crush COVID is talking about the monoclonal um, infusion. Right, the monoclonal. And they're promoting yeah. that. And, yep, and Wake Med is one of two health systems in North Carolina that has adopted this. There's a few places in the Northeast and Michigan and uh, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, but maybe the good news is getting out that, hey, the vaccine isn't necessarily for everybody, but here's an alternative that they've been squelching for how long? Oh, since the start of it. And listen, in Florida, where they've been pushing this monoclonal uh, 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 response to the to the COVID, they have half the number of cases, less than half the number of the cases than California. And I'm talking about the number of cases per 100,000. I think California is like 17 and in Florida, it's eight cases per hundred thousand of the population, and uh, you know that is that is the got to be the difference because other than other than the fact that DeSantis is really pushing the monoclonal um, response to the, to COVID, there's not a whole lot of difference. But uh, it's well, and they also, very effective. Also, as they as they got started having some success with it, would the Biden administration do say we're going to restrict your ability to get it? Yep. Yep. I, again, follow the money. Follow the money. That's right. Hey, Wade, thanks exactly. for the call. Really? Appreciate it. At 561-8255. Hang on. we got to take a time out. We'll be right back and get to your phone calls. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So Mitch McConnell, along with 18 other Senate Republicans, voted for the infrastructure bill, the $1.2 trillion infrastructure package, which will end up costing a lot more than that. So he, he voted for it. And uh, he was invited to the uh, signing ceremony on Monday. And uh, he was on an interview on WHAS up in Kentucky and said, no, I'm not going to go to the signing. I've got other things I've got to do, more important things than going to the signing ceremony. So he's not going to go. I got news for you. The reason why Mitch is not going to the signing ceremony is because I promise you, he got an earful from his constituents. And uh, I mean, he voted for this terrible bill. Only about 10% of this bill, this $1.2 trillion bill, actually goes for genuine infrastructure. He's gotten an earful from his constituents, and he's basically trying to save face. Now, he's so old, I don't know if he'll run for re-election again when his time comes. But I would say this, if he was up for re-election next week, he'd be in trouble. What are these people, what do they think? Why would you go there? Had we had the Republicans in the House vote against Nancy Pelosi, it wouldn't even have gotten to the Senate. And, you know, Mitch can say whatever he wants, you know, oh, well, they would have passed anyway, so, you know, we had something in it for my state, and yeah, whatever, Mitch. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Jimmy. Hey Jimmy. Hey, how you doing, Tom? I'm doing well. Good to hear from you. What's up? 
Good to, good to be able to talk to you. Uh, I'm just riding around, heading back towards Edenton, and got to thinking, you know, we pay for this infrastructure on the uh, solar and the wind and all this. Then we're going to have to pay to take up and just get rid of all the oil energy stuff. And I can guarantee you, even after everything's done, if we go solar, wind, everything, we're still going to get a bill every month to continue this stuff. And oh, yeah. it's not going to be much different than what we're paying right now for the oil bill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and it'll be more because uh, the, the you're going to have to subsidize it. It's never going to pay for itself. It, exactly. it's, it's, not it's not a money maker. It's not a money maker. I mean, You're exactly. Right. And look, let private enterprise go out and explore for the oil and dig for the oil and the competition with the oil and the gas and the fracking. And what happened when we did that and did that well and open up lands? We saw the price come down significantly. As soon as Biden gets in there, he shuts down the pipelines. He cuts off the leases to federal land to the to the oil companies. He shuts down new exploration. What happens? It's gone up by fifty percent in less than a year. And that's well, and, oil tech. Oil tech guys going to be taken over by solar and wind paradigm. Well, I you know I think you know the, these corporations they 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 were trying to you know, put on a, a green face, if you will, you know, they're trying to be politically correct, but they're not going to make money off this stuff. It's, I mean, it's the, the way it's going to have to be subsidized. It's going to continue to be subsidized and what, you know, Exxon and other companies are doing with solar panels and everything else. It is, it's, it's being subsidized by the money they're making in fossil fuels. And again, if we if we were depending on solar and and wind to keep warm this winter, we'd we'd all have uh, frostbite on our rears. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, one more comment: Oh, Biden would never be my president. I'm sorry to say it. Thank you, Tom. You bet. Thanks for the call, Jimmy. Did you say Oh, Biden? I th- I've said that a couple of times. <laughs> it is. It's, it's the it's Oh Biden. Uh, it oh, did Biden. sound like it. Yeah, it's uh, Obama 2.0. We call it Oh Biden. Tom's on the line. Hey, Tom. Tom, you with us? Five six one eight two five five. No, no, Tom. All right, let's take a time out. Stay with us. Maybe Tom will call us back. Give us a call. Five six one eight two five five. We'll be right back. Back to the show that really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Uh, interesting story out of uh, Christian headlines. This week, the Biden administration announced a plan to reverse a Trump-era policy that supporters said protected the religious liberty of federal contractors and put them on an equal footing with other contractors. At issue is the Trump Department of Labor rule that was initially proposed in 2019, but went into effect in the final days of the Trump administration. The new rule expanded religious exemptions for contractors related to non-discrimination laws by declaring that a religious organization is eligible for federal contracts and is exempt from non-discrimination laws if it is organized for a religious purpose and holds itself out to the public as carrying out a religious purpose. Um, Joe Biden doesn't like that. So he wants to take that away from uh, religious organizations, and uh, you're not allowed to have any religious exemptions. In other words, um, once again, the Biden administration is uh, dropping the hammer 
uh, on anything that conservatives would hold dear. 561-8255. I think we have Tom back with us. Tom, welcome in. I do, guys. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I do live down in Bellhaven where they have to shoot light to us. So, <laughs> No problem. I kind of lose things. I just want to say a couple things. Um, first thing, you know, one of the keys that this country was founded on was no taxation without representation. Well, what we have right now is we're being dictated to. We're not, we don't have anybody representing the American people. I don't care who you are. We do not have anybody in Washington representing the people of this country. When you start talking about doling out $450,000 to illegal aliens, the only thing you're trying to do is buy votes. Well, I don't know. I Well, I mean, I ag- agree with everything you said up to that point, because I, I don't think he's— I don't care where you're coming from. Uh, you would really have to be on the very, very, very far left of the spectrum to uh, know that they want to give away that money and that he's going to actually get votes from that. I, I just don't. I just don't see how that this is going to help him politically. Uh, I just think my attitude on that is they just want to bankrupt America and they're doing it as quickly and as as they possibly can. As quickly and as fast as they possibly can but get I don't think he's getting any votes out I don't think he's buying any votes out of it I don't I don't know that he is I think that is what they're thinking is going to happen the other thing I want to say is and I hope everybody hears this and and starts to understand it evil wins when good men do nothing yeah and it is time for good men to step up and start doing something well, and I am optimistic that maybe we're starting to see that. Uh, you know, you see what happened up in Loudoun, Virginia. Uh, there's a, another story in the pile here. Uh, I think it was down in Florida where a, a um, no, I'm sorry, it was in Scottsdale, Arizona, where a uh, school superintendent actually started keeping a dossier on people that were speaking out against things like critical race theory and you know transgender bathroom policies. This guy kept a dossier on the people that spoke out against it, and now there's this large outcry for people saying this this guy needs to absolutely resign. But you're seeing more people run for things like the school board. You see people starting to get involved, starting to wake up, and starting to say enough is enough. But I I echo what you said. Everybody well, everybody's got to get involved. Well, I agree, and I, but why is it the American people are waking up, but our politicians are not doing a thing? They're supposed to be representing those people that are waking up. Well, I, I hope that we have enough people that awake and uh, wake up to the point that they they really think about, or am I going to just go vote for the same person over again, or am I going to put somebody else in there that actually represents my values? <laughs> And again, they get up there to D.C., they start drinking the water, and they immediately go into this mode that I've got to be reelected. It's like a, it's like a football team that says, hey, I, I'm going to play this game so I don't lose it, and what happens? They lose it. Uh, they get up there in D.C., and they play the game of I've got to get reelected because I, I enjoy the power, I enjoy the money, I enjoy the prestige, I enjoy being treated like I'm royalty. And that is, that is the key reason why I'm for term limits. Get up there, well, do the job, I, and get out. I, I agree Tom, good call. Boy. Thank you, sir. Thank Appreciate you, it. Five six one eight two five five. Real quick, we have Larry in Greenville. Hey, Larry. Hey, Tom. How are you, I sir? Comment about the hey, pretty good. I want to comment about the infrastructure bill. The what bill? I'm sorry. Uh, 
Jeff, Scott. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It seems like to me that uh, the Rough Falcons has snatched defeat right out of the jaws of victory on that thing. Boy, that's the truth. Uh, and I was very disappointed with Tom Tellis. He is, uh, he's like Joe Biden. He's one disappointed after him. I, I don't understand how the guy was so conservative when he was in Raleigh and uh, he has gotten up there and he has just slid further and further again. I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, I want to be reelected, but yeah, that well, was, he, that was a huge disappointment. He's up there and he's been led by the news, by the rest of them up there. have been up there a long time. Uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. I, 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 I'd love to hear his political rationale for why this was a good decision. I, I don't, well, I don't buy it. I don't know how he is, but I understand Richard Burr is trying to stay out of jail, but Tom Tillis, I have no idea why he's going to I can't believe any Republican voted for it. Yeah. Well, Tom Tillis um, is disappointment, and uh, Richard Burr, I didn't, I, I thought Richard Burr would probably vote for it, because I think Richard, you know, well, Richard Burr right now might be uh, scrambling to stay out of prison, but, you know, I think for the longest time, Richard Burr was trying to set up his resume so that he could get some cushy positions on board of directors and those kind of things. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a huge disappointment that you had 13 Republicans in the House and 19 senators go along with Joe Biden. And, and this bill's terrible. I mean, don't don't tell me it's all about infrastructure. About 10 percent of it is for genuine infrastructure. You know, when you come back and you say, well, you know, we, we're going to spend X number of billions of dollars on human infrastructure. What does that mean? What does that mean? And and again, how many of them actually read the bill? It was what, like 2,000 pages? No doubt it didn't read it. And it just came out before they voted on it? I, I, thought, I thought we had done away with all that. I thought there was that there was now rules in, in the Congress that you had to have time to read these bills before you voted on them. How quickly we've forgotten that. Well, yeah, there's rules for Republicans in power, but the Democrats in power, Yep, you got it, Larry. Hey, thanks for the call. Hey, listen, everybody, have a great weekend, and uh, it should be nice, a little crisp on Sunday, but other than that, lots of sunshine, and we'll do it again on Monday afternoon at 5. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.